Somebody say hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Just turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 133. We will read the three verses of that psalm. If you did not get a Bible chart, bread chart, I think they call it, to read through the Bible in the year 2019, be sure and get one of those on the way out. Our ushers have them. If you did not pick one up on uh, Sunday morning, and let us get busy reading the Lord's Word. You can't get behind on this. You got to stay on top of it and stay with it. And it's not difficult. It's very easy, very easy to do. So let's make sure we make it happen. Everybody say fasting. So this year, 2019, we are going to go back to our weekly fast. As far as the church is concerned, uh, on Thursdays, right? We're going to go back to our normal day of the week, which is Thursday. And uh, we'll be talking about that in our daily devotion a little bit. Uh, so every Thursday as a church, we fast. No media on Thursday of any kind except what relates to work. So you want to make sure you're not distracting yourself with Facebook or news or things like this you want to focus on God even if you're at work and when you come home you don't want to sit and uh, watch something you want to pray you want to read and focus on the Lord can you say amen let's do that and the Lord will uh, the Lord will help us uh, this year we're going to do um, we're not going to talk about it tonight but we're going to do two 30-day fast in 2019 and some of you can use it some of you don't really necessarily need it but we're going to do two 30-day fasts and we're going to be uh, believing and waiting on the Lord uh, for those days listen it's not getting easier it's getting harder the Bible says in the last days Satan knows he has a short time and he is unleashing himself with everything that he has against our ministries, against our marriages, against our young single men and women. He is attacking in every area that there is. So we don't have to fear that. But we do need to make sure that we have the armor of God, right? So we don't have to walk around scared about the devil. I have power over all the power of the enemy, the Lord Jesus said. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Scripture after scripture, we are made more than overcomers through Christ Jesus who loves and cares for us. So we don't have to walk around with fear, but we need to make sure the power's in us, right? And we need to make sure we're operating within the power. And we, we, we need to make sure that the armor is on us. And so these are things with the help of the Lord we're going to do. All right, Psalms 133, verse 1. We are going to launch 2019 uh, here tonight with... Uh, a short teaching on unity, being one in the Lord. A song of degrees of David. Behold, how good, everybody say good. How pleasant, everyone say pleasant. It is for brethren to dwell together 
how. That's right. Sometimes you can come together and it's not pleasant at all. You don't have to think back very far. You can just think about Thanksgiving reunion and know that it wasn't necessarily pleasant gathering together with all the in-laws for a moment. But that's because there's not unity there. But where there is unity amongst the brothers and sisters, the Bible says it is a good thing and a pleasant thing to come together. You're excited about it. You look forward to it. That's why pastor's been preaching and teaching here for the last couple of months on relationship between brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if we have odd against our brother, you don't look forward to come to the house of the Lord. It's a, a drudgery, but you come anyway because you know you need to be fed and you know it's the place to be, but it's not necessarily a place of happiness for you. And if we can get in a position of unity amongst one another in the work of God, we will be excited about coming to God's house. Verse 2. I'll try not to preach as long on verse 2. It is like, now he begins to describe, he says, how good and how pleasant. He said, it is like the precious ointment. Now, what's the it there? The it is dwelling in unity. So what is it like? It's good. It's pleasant. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard. Speaking of the high priest. That went down to the skirts of his garment. It is like as the dew of Hermon. As the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. And look what David says. Dwells in the midst of unity. For there, where? In the unity of the brothers and sisters. There the Lord commanded. What? Blessings and life forevermore. Now this sounds like something you and I should start trying to accomplish. It sounds like a good idea. To get along with my brother and sister. And we're going to find out that this verse means a little bit more than that. But to dwell in unity in the body of Christ, for there you will find not just the blessings, but God commands his blessings upon that. Commands his blessings upon that. And in the midst of it, you're going to find life. You're going to find life. Let's put our Bibles down. Whew, man, y'all sound like a tough crowd tonight. Yeah, Christmas is over. New Year's is over. You, you should be over your non-alcoholic champagne drink by now. And ready to get back into the word of the Lord and let pastor preach. Are we ready? All right. Let's pray. Ask the blessings of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. It's so rich and alive inside of us. And I'm asking you tonight, Lord, I come before your throne. We approach you here this evening 
And we ask you, Lord, to release your blessings, release your power, release your anointing upon us here tonight through your word. Broaden our understanding. Lord, let something get a hold of our heart. Let revelation come into our spirit. God, that we can see what your word is trying to say and begin to do our best to work towards this. We want the blessings of the Lord to be commanded in our midst. We want the touch of God to rest upon us. We want life everlasting to be amongst us, your power, your glory. We want you to cover us like the dew of Hermon. Oh, Lord, Father, that it would be wonderful and awesome in this place, God. We pray it, we ask it in the mighty, mighty, wonderful name of the Lord. And I wonder if together we can put our hands, come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's give Him, let's give Him a hand clap of praise. Worthy is the King. Worthy is my God. I serve you. I love you. I bless you tonight, Lord. You are wonderful. How we adore your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's praise him a little longer. Come on. Come on. Let's praise him. Let's bring his presence into this place. Uh, Father, we come to magnify you. We come to lift you up tonight. Uh, we come to exalt you in this place. You are a wonderful God. You are a loving God. We bless you. We adore you. We exalt you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the mighty name of the Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We exalt you. We lift you up. Hallelujah. We lift you up, God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. What a great God we serve. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I want to talk to us about unity a little bit tonight. Title it all things together. But this word, this word unity here, uh, when, we, when we look at it and it says how good, and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This word is a little bit more powerful than just speaking about two things getting alone with one another. Two walking in accord or working together on the same project. Working in unity, working in agreement. This word here actually means a unit, a single unit. And so the Lord is speaking to you and I that when we as brothers and sisters in Christ, when we truly become a unit, when we become one in Him, when our purpose agrees together, when our desires come together in agreement, when we find ourselves coming to the house of God and the mind that is in Christ is in us and we begin to think alike and our, our focus and passions and compassion is, is lining up with the Father and uh, we are becoming one not only with one another but we are becoming one in Him. 
So that when we open up our mouths, we're speaking the same thing. And, and when we talk, it's the same meaning and the same purpose. This is what this word is talking about. It is to become a unit. It's beyond just agreeing. You know, we can come in here and we can be in agreement, but yet still at the same time, uh, our opinion, our focus, our method, uh, our way of maybe doing or thinking of how it should be done uh, can all be different. And uh, I'm not saying that that's bad because we're human. We have our personalities. But I am saying that there is a level in God where we get into the spirit as a church, as a body. When we get into the spirit to such a place that it's no longer about how, uh, how I think it should be done. But, Lord, it's how do you want it done. It's not what I think is the best method. But, God, what is your method? And I believe that there is a, a flow of the Spirit, and you've experienced it. You've come to the house of God, and something's been on your mind, and the minister gets up and begins to preach, and he preaches exactly what you've been thinking on, and, and you can't wait to come up and tell him, uh, the guest minister or maybe pastor or whoever is speaking, you can't wait to tell him that, my, that's been on my mind all day. What is that? That's the flow of the Spirit. One spirit the Bible tells us one mind of Christ uh, moving amongst the body and we can get in such a place of unity that God ministers to our hearts and ministers to our spirits and our minds and we come to the house of God uh, and we find that unity and all of a sudden with focus uh, and power and the Bible says we're two or three touching agreeing and touching any one thing believing uh, in the name of Jesus uh, that it shall be done to do what to bring glory to the Father when we come to the house of God uh, and we've we've had that mind of Christ uh, we're not just in unity uh, we become a unit uh, and when the church becomes a unit uh, it becomes a single force of power and no matter how strong the devil may fight when he comes up against the wall of the church he's going to be torn down he's going to be defeated that's why Paul the apostle says we are fitly fitly framed together fitly framed together first just hold hands just just hold his hand. Just come loose. And so you grab like that. I can come over here. Now, now I know I probably can't because I'm too weak. But someone big and strong, I could pull and just pull that guy right on now. But if they come over here and they lock arms, I can even lock my arm. And I'd pull his arm out of his socket before I'd break him loose. Why? Because they're more than just an agreement. They're locked into this thing. I'm here to tell you. When you become in, in agreement, in unity with the body of Christ and the devil comes against you, it's not going to be very easy for him to pull you out, for him to break you loose. You're not just barely hanging on. You're locked into this thing. God, have mercy. I don't just go to church. 
that's what we got to get a hold of. I don't just serve Christ. Christ lives in me. We got to become unified. We got to become a unit. That's what he means when the Bible says that when the more uncommonly unit of the body gets offended or hurt, the whole body hurts. You know how it is. You don't even think about your little finger. So you get a splinter, and it gets a little infected. And then you find out that you use that little finger for everything. It's like no matter what you touch, oh, oh, what's happening? Watch this, this, this is what the Bible, this is what Paul means when he says, we give more glory to the uncommonly poor. So here's this big old powerful brain doing everything it can to protect that little old finger. That brain don't need that finger. You can get a hatchet, cut that little finger off, and this body's just going to continue to go on and operate. We'll sew the little skin up over it, have a little nub there. Everything's going to be just fine. But that's not how a body works. It doesn't matter how small it is. When you are a unit, every part matters. And if some little part gets hurt, all of a sudden, we start giving all kinds of attention to it. And we want to protect it. We want to watch over it. That's what happens when the church is a unit. When somebody gets hurt and they get down and we kick them, somebody messes up and we talk about them and we cut, cut, cut them off and, oh, there's something wrong with the body. You're not a unit. You're not one. You're not linked together. A body would never do that. A body would do whatever it could to save it. A body would go out of its way. A unit that's together. That's one. Come on, sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. God is calling us to unify, to become one, to be a unit. To be a unit. Because how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in love. On Sunday, I touched a little bit that our defeat usually doesn't come from without. Our defeat comes from within, even as a body of Christ. Listen, the church grows under persecution. But it falls when it's divided. And so we become our weakest when we are weak within. And we become our strongest when we are a unit, even though all hell has broke loose on us from the outside. Matthew chapter 12, verse number 25 and Jesus knew their thoughts, the Bible says. And he said unto them, every kingdom 
divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Galatians 5 and 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of one another. You will not find verses like that in the Word of God when it comes to talking about the devil. The Bible talks about the devil. It says, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. When the Bible talks about the serpent, it said, you'll put your foot upon his neck and have authority over him. It says, you will speak my name and they will flee and they will tremble. You will resist him after submitting unto God and, and Satan will flee from you. We don't have to worry about the outside attack. It's the inside attack that we need to worry about. And if we are a unit working together in unity, then it increases our chances greatly that when something does happen, something does go wrong, we'll, instead of taking sides and forming little cliques, we'll come together and work together and solve this thing and work it out. Why? Because we have to be a body. We can't let any infection get inside of this thing. We can't let anything begin to fester. That will start unraveling the fibers of our unit. But we've got to be able to keep these cords together. The Bible says how good and how pleasant. First Corinthians Chapter 1 and verse 10, look at this. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no, everybody say no. Everybody say none. Say not one. Say not any. Say not a single one. That ye speak the same thing. And let there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. This is the unity that God is talking about. It is something the church can accomplish. And we do it by getting the mind of Christ. By taking on the desires and passions of our God. When we do that, then we all have the same mind. There is no divisions that is amongst us. He said, it's wonderful. It's incredible. It's awesome. It's like precious ointment that ran down the beard of Aaron and saturated his garments all the way down to the feet. In other words, David is saying that this unity I'm talking about, it allows the flow of the Spirit. When the church is in unity, it doesn't matter where the Spirit starts. It's just going to flow right through the congregation because there's nobody in opposition position. There's nobody being stubborn. There's nobody hating their brother. There's nobody at odds with their sister. Come Lord Jesus, come. Let it flow. Let the power move. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's give him praise. Let's unify our praise. How we love you, Lord. 
We bless you, Jesus. It just flows, Ephesians 4 and 3, endeavoring to do what? To keep the unity of the Spirit, capital S, speaking of the Spirit of God. Keep the unity of the Spirit, how? In the bond of peace. In the bond of peace. That doesn't mean that there's not going to come things that's, that's going to try to disrupt that peace. But when there's a bond, it's not easy. Things can pull on it. Things can tear at it. But when there's a bond, it's not easily torn apart. And so Paul says to the church of Ephesus, he says, keep the unity of the spirit. How? In the bond of peace. If you see there's going to be discord, your brother comes against you. You don't wait for him to come to you. You go to him. Oh, forgive me, brother. Have mercy. I want there to be the peace in our home. I want there to be peace in the church. I need peace in my spirit. I don't want to let anything get between us. I want to keep the unity of the spirit. And we keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Why? Because there's only one body. There's only one Spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one God and Father of all who is above all and through you all and in you all. One, 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 one. It's one unity. It's oneness. That brings peace and unity. He said, as the dew of Hermon that descends upon the mountains. In other words, Lord, cover us like a blanket. For the house of God, and uh, once in a while you'll hear preachers that say, this is my amen corner over here. Well, why isn't every corner his amen corner? Because the other corner is that McDonald's. Huh? The other corner is home doing house chores. And the other corner is trying to solve work problems. But one corner can be church. And that became the amen corner, Brother Cooper. His amen corner. We go to church and God will move powerfully. And I want to tell you this is something that it has got to be the most frustrating thing to a man of God. I, uh, it certainly frustrates me and I have seen it frustrate others. We get so frustrated about it that we ignore the 90% that's worshiping God and we focus on the 10% that's texting on their phone. But you know what's bothering us is the disunity. And we're trying to figure it out. Why are they not involved? Do they, do they just not need God? Or are they for disconnected? They don't even know he's here. And I would think it was just that 10%, except the next Sunday, it's a whole different 10%. And that 10% last Sunday is in the altar, praising God with tears flowing down their face. You're like, what in the world is going on? 
It's called defeating. We're not coming to the house of God for it. We're coming, and I, I don't want to be mean tonight, so I'm going to just kind of rush right through this. But you know we're all guilty of this. We had a rough day, a rough week, and we just want to come get in some. And that's good. We should come and get in some. But what would happen if we all came to the house of God truly focused on, God, what are you going to do tonight? I want to see what you're going to do. First of all, I promise you, you will be energized without even focusing on yourself one iota, without even giving your own need or own uh, desire, except without giving it any attention at all. If you just focus on God, and the need of the service and the need of the brethren. Every need you have would just be taken care of. He said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, I'll add all these other things to you. You won't have to worry about, about any of that. I don't know if I've ever been in a service. I've been in a couple maybe that were pretty close. And uh, where it seemed like just every single person was in tune and in touch. And man, I'm telling you, if the Spirit of God lifted any higher, it would have just removed the ceiling right off that church because the body had become so unified in that service. Discord was pushed out. Hatred was pushed out. Selfishness was shoved aside. Everybody focused on God, seeking out after God. And the power of the Lord just came in and covered us like the dew of Hermon where it just kind of moves in and the whole congregation is just covered with the power of God. It's no longer just little pockets, a little pocket over there and a little pocket there and a few over here and a few back there and, and this one here and this one there and the rest are just kind of kind of standing or sitting or whatever and and I'm not saying they're not in tune but you know where I'm coming from and and but no I'm telling you when we can if we can somehow this year begin to focus and become a unit become unified become a unit where we are so bonded together through love and the peace of God and the power and the purpose of God that's in our heart and our focus is on the kingdom of God and we come to the house of God and we are a unit I'm telling you that it's going to be like the dew of Hermon the anointing, the power, the spirit of God is just going to rest down upon this congregation and no one is going to escape it. No one's going to get out from under it. Everybody's going to be covered with it. My Lord, have mercy. Woo! Glory to God. And when we bring that kind of an atmosphere in this place, and when that man and woman comes, and they're having trouble in their marriage, or that single man or single woman don't have guidance in their life, trouble in their home, trouble with the kids, trouble on the job, trouble in life, they're going to stand there, and all of a sudden, they're going to begin to feel the dew of Hermon as the Spirit of God begins to descend upon them. And there's going to be such a unity in the church. It's going to draw them. My Lord, have mercy. It's going to deliver them. It's going to set them free. And all we did was come to the house of God and bind together in worship and praise and love and glory and loving the King and the Master.
What would happen? It truly became kingdom-minded. And not self-kingdom. The Lord commanded his blessings, the Bible says. A couple more verses and we'll be done here today. I'm sure we can all unify around that. Pastor's going to finish in a moment. All of a sudden, everybody gets on board. We're almost done. As we get to chapter 25, verse number 21. Look what the Lord says. Then I will command my blessing upon you. In the sixth year, and it shall bring forth for three years. Look at Deuteronomy 28 and 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in the storehouses. And in all that thou sittest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which is the which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thee. When you, when David said there that he would command his blessings, when you study the word of God, when the Bible talks about God commanding his blessings, it's always concerning a harvest. It's concerning a reaping that when we come together, we bind together in unity. We become a unit. We become one. God said, I am going to command my blessings upon you, upon the church. The harvest is going to be reaped. Backsliders are going to come back because God's going to break the chains no matter where they're at. They might be home in bed, and the power of God is going to go into that room and break the chains of bondage. They might be sitting at a bore room, sitting on a bore stool, at a bore drinking liquor and getting drunk, and God is going to walk into that place and he's going to break the power of the devil off of them they might be bound up in some kind of immorality and God is going to walk into that room of fornication and break that bond that bond of bondage that band about them and he's going to crush it why because somewhere gathered together is a unit that came in the name of Jesus Christ and when we begin to pray just like the angel went into that prison cell of Simon Peter and broke off the chains and opened up the gates of the prison God is going to go into our family members and our loved ones and he's going to go to the backsliders and he's going to go to the lost and he's going to bring a harvest because there is a unit that will not be broken. Oh, let's love him together. Come on, let's love him. Let's love him. I praise you, Lord. I adore you, Jesus. Bind us together, God. Make us one, Lord. Make us a unit, oh God. Command your blessings upon us. Command your blessings upon us. He ends it with life forevermore. Look at chapter 20, verse 3. 
we know that we have passed from death unto life. When do you know that? When you love your best friends? Huh? When you love the one that... When I can love Bruce, I can love Bruce. You know why I love Bruce? Because Bruce early brought me a big old 30-pound fried turkey for Christmas. Already fried. Hot. Cheeks were full. And he had a big batch of shrimp that he grilled and curried on the grill. Lord, it was good. It's easy loving Bruce. He calls me up once, twice a week. Pastor, you, can you use some barbecue chicken? You think so? I've always got 40 people at my house. Bring it on up. It's easy to love Bruce. But some of y'all, Nobody tonight, nobody here tonight. There's some people, it's hard love. But unity is when we learn to love the brethren. We know that we have passed from death. What he's, now, he's talking about being dead in your trespasses and sins. So he knows, John says, we know that we have truly gotten out of our trespasses and sins when we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother still abideth in death. Because it brings discord. And disunity into your life. We're going to unify this year. We are going to unify in prayer. We're going to unify. Asher, is that you? It's good to see you, bro. We're going to unify in prayer. We're going to unify in fasting. Now, I'm going to send you all an email in the morning and remind you all we're fasting tomorrow. Some of you all going to get that eggs going to be almost in your mouth while you read that. Going to smoke you like, ah, I'm just, I ain't going to say that. We're going to unify. Prayer, we're going to unify in fasting. We're going to unify in the reading of the Word of God. There is no reason that every precious person that's in this building right here tonight cannot read through the Word of God in 2019. Three chapters a day. That's all you got to read. Three chapters. Three minutes. 
you think we can give Jesus 10 minutes? How many of y'all think we can give Jesus 10 minutes? Like I said on Sunday, it's about habit, right? You're going to have to make it a habit, part of your life. All right, I'm, I'm closing. Philippians 2 and 2. Fulfill ye my joy. How? That ye be like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. And we are the cream of the crop, and you know we fall flat on our face with this verse. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So where where does this come from? How in the world? That is so foreign, it's like some alien from Mars is reading it. It's so foreign from the human nature, isn't it? It's foreign from my nature. I'll tell you that right now. I promise you, I look on my things before I look on you. And if there's some extra, I might give you something. Now, I'm just being honest. The rest of y'all can look at me like y'all all holy and everything. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just keeping my words to myself. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. That's how we do it. It's where I started, and it's where it ends. If we can focus on getting the mind of desire, the drive. We can focus on the mind of Christ, who at his worst moment of suffering and pain took the time to look on a thief and say, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Took the time to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Sounds sort of like Stephen had gotten a hold of the mind of Christ because while they were stoning him, he said, Lord, hold not this charge against them. Don't hold this sin. These people that are throwing these rocks at me and taking my life, don't hold this sin against them. Now, that sounds like he fulfilled these verses. Let's stand. Everyone say, all things in unity. Say, all things together. That's what the Lord is wanting to do with us. And if this will get a hold of me and you, we can spread this.
and to the rest, rest of the body. Because what will happen is someone will potentially come up to you and start, you know, they'll disguise it in prayer, of course. Brother, I need to tell you something about someone, so would you pray for them? Then you can say, you know what, we can pray for them without me knowing whatever it is that you want to tell me. Because God knows. I don't need to know. If we'll learn to shut this stuff down. You know, I'm not going to get off on this because thank the Lord it's, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm deceived or ignorant. But I, I don't think we have too bad of a problem of it. But some people feel honored if someone wants to confide in them about something concerning someone else. You should feel dishonored. Because the way you actually need to view it is this. They think so little of me that they believe that I will join in with their hatred against a brother. That's really what they're saying to you. So if someone comes up to you and they want to kind of bring you in, you turn them down, but then you go home and you say, now, God, you need to help me fix me because I don't ever want to attract that again. I want that to be repelled. Oh, don't go to brother so-and-so. He's all high and mighty. He'll tell you, go pray for everything. Uh, that's how they'll respond to it. But that's what you want. You want it to be like a, a re you want to be a repellent to that stuff. And they don't even want to come around you because they know you're not going to entertain them. I, I long time ago, I got enough trash in my life. I don't need nobody giving me their trash. The old saying is, I'm nobody's trash can. We got to shut these kind of things down. We have got to unify. We have got to become one brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible makes it plain that be careful when your enemy is down. Be careful when a brother's going through something that's difficult. If they're weeping, you better weep with them. If they're rejoicing, rejoice with them. Don't talk about them because the day's going to come. It's, it's going to come to you. You're not exempt. And no matter how much you talk in tongues, you're not exempt. There's going to be bad days and bad times and bad situations and hardships and difficulties and disappointments. And I want to know that the church, that I've treated my brothers and sisters in such a way that when they see me go through this, that they're going to reach out a hand of love and compassion because they're going to remember how I treated them when they were having a difficult time. And they're going to reciprocate and respond accordingly. It's exactly what the Word of God says. And that's the body that I want us to become, and I pray that we will become. Lovers of the souls of men, lovers of the kingdom of God. We're pulling together.
And as David said in Psalms 133, to unify the blessings of the Lord, and we command his blessings upon us, and his spirit would be upon us, and that in our midst would be joy and happiness and goodness. And as this first verse says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. All right, so let's let's pray. We're just going to ask God to help us. You know, this is one of those messages we take home, we think about it, we ask God to work on us concerning the subject. We improve ourselves just a little bit every day, every day, every day. God, make me conscious. God, get, bring, when I'm doing something, saying something, I'm agreeing with someone and it's in discord. Prick my heart. Prick my heart, God. Sharpen my conscience. Make me aware that I can begin to stay away from that, fix that, and, and be a bonding agent rather than a, a formula of dilution, something that helps hold us together rather than something that tears us apart. Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you for your word, and I thank you for these wonderful people that are in the house of God this evening, and I know, Lord, that I know that we have a hunger God, for you, we have a hunger for you. It's why we're here tonight. We have a hunger for you. We love you, Jesus. We love your ways. We love your word, Lord. And we're so grateful. Oh, God, we're so grateful. We're so thankful to you for forgiving our sins. Oh, Jesus. Lord, you have forgiven us. You have washed us clean with your blood. You've put your name in our life. We're so thankful to you, Lord. Help us to never forget that. Never forget that. That we would not judge our brother, but help us to remember that we're only where we are because of your mercy and your goodness and your love. We are where we are because a brother loved us, a sister loved us, someone reached to us, someone cared. Father, I pray that we would all become that way. I ask God, let your spirit come upon us like the dew comes upon the mound of Hermon. Lord, just saturate us, blanket us, God, with your spirit. Let it come upon our minds and our hearts. Lord, is my prayer tonight. God, help us to begin to focus upon you. Let the mind that was in Christ, let it be in us. God, that we will begin to come to the house of God and we would be focused upon the purpose of God. Lord, of what you want, what you're here to do, what you've come to do, who you've come to save, who you've come to bless, who you've come to help. And oh, that we be become one in all of that. God, and just be a, be a strength and a bond that cannot be broken, no matter how the adversary attacks. God, we are linked into this thing. We are, we are grafted in. Lord, we are, we are together, God. We are bound together in love. Cords that cannot be broken, God. 
We pray it, Father, in the mighty name and to help us to prefer our brother, to look upon our brothers and our sisters, Lord, and to prefer them and to speak kindly unto them and to love them and to be gentle and to remember, God, where you brought us from, to bring strength into the service and strength and encouragement to our brothers and sisters, no matter what their situation is, and never to speak evil of them, but always to speak good. For we will be judged of every word that comes out of our mouth. And oh God, I want to stand before you. Oh God, I want to stand before you and not hang my head in shame. Lord, help us, help us, Father. Help every one of us. Help us, God, we pray. We need your help. We need your strength. We can do this. This church can do this. Jesus, you can help us do this. We can make this happen. We can become that unit. We can become one. We can become strong. Where we don't lose anyone. Where we keep them through love and power of your word and your name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Father, we love you. We praise you. We love you. We praise you. We love you. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Amen. 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 And uh, remember um, my boy Joel, uh, Daniel, Rob, Jonathan, uh, Meeks, and Cameron Sapp are all heading up to Urshan uh, Bible College, and they're going to be going for a few months. And uh, we're excited about our young men and ladies that are turned, giving their hearts, their souls, their lives to God. Excited about that. But keep them in your prayer. Safe journey there. Brother Sapp, a safe journey back home. Brother Rob, a safe journey back home. Luke, um, a safe journey back home. He's dropping off his brother Joel. And uh, who, who did I miss again? Rod Daniel, Cameron, Joel, Jonathan. I think Jonathan's serving still. So just remember them and pray on Jesus' name. I love you. You're the most wonderful people in the world. Greet one another. Love one another. Be kind to one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.